Our reading comes from Luke 7, starting at verse 36. And it is headed, The Sinful Woman Forgiven. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair on her head, and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered him, said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, Say it, teacher. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50 when they could not pay, he cancelled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, The one I supposed for whom he cancelled the larger debt. And he said to him, You have judged rightly. Then turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but he who has a forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say to him amongst themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Our text verse is from verse 47. Therefore I tell you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. And our topic is the same as in the word, a sinful woman forgiven. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, Luke 7, this passage describes the most beautiful act of love towards our Lord Jesus Christ. But even a more act of grace towards a sinful woman from our Lord Jesus Christ. And we've heard this, that a sinful woman brought an alabaster flask of ointment and standing behind Jesus 
standing behind him at his feet, weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head, kissed his feet, anointed them with the ointment. We don't know who this woman is. The Bible doesn't tell us. We also don't know her sin. We also don't know her address. And these things are not important. The Holy Spirit teaches us through God's word that these things are not important because her sins are forgiven. And the fact that her name was omitted was a gracious act. And it was done purposely. This is how, so different of how we are. We want to know. And if it was today this woman's sin, and her name would be on social media, and all the papers. And not only because of her, but because of Jesus. Look at a great prophet who has fellowship with sinners. She's a sinful woman and she has no respect. But even worse, that rabbi, that teacher, who allowed her to anoint his feet and wipe them with her hair. They must be something fishy. But the Bible doesn't tell us who this woman was. But it tells us of her great love that her sins were forgiven. We also know about her tears, about her sin. That she realized that she was lost and that she needed a redeemer. But let us first go back to the background of our text. Jesus was invited by Simon the Pharisee to eat with him. We're not sure about Simon's motives. Why invited Jesus? Maybe he did this out of curiosity. But Simon's attitude towards Jesus wasn't pure. We read that Jesus went into Simon's house and reclined at his table immediately. And there's an insult from Simon. As the Lord entered the house of Simon, custom and normal hospitality would have that Jesus would have been greeted with a kiss. His feet would have been washed. His head anointed with oil. But Simon did nothing of these normal hospitalities. And then something strange happened. A woman of the city approached Jesus. And she had an alabaster flask and she knew that she was not allowed to enter the room. And even more sinful woman in the house of a righteous Pharisee. But a scene in the finding of rest and peace from the one that invited to come to him. All those who are weary and burdened is now more important than cultural taboos. She needs rest and peace. 
And then when she met Jesus, the emotion started to show. She started to cry about the brokenness of her life and sin. She was known in the city because of her sins. And in the presence of Jesus, the holiest of holy, she saw herself as she was. She is someone who is lost, someone who needed a redeemer. And she believed that Jesus was a redeemer. And when she saw him, she started to worship him. This woman was standing behind Jesus' feet, began to wet his feet with her tears, wiped them with the hair of her head, kissed his feet, anointed them with the ointment. And as the tears began to flow, the woman must have noted that the little streams of tears carried the dirt of the road as well. And she used the water for tears to wash his feet something she could not have planned. And since there was no towel available to her, she used her hair to dry Jesus' feet. Imagine this, the woman used her hair, the most glorious part of her body, according to 1 Corinthians 11 verse 5, to dry the feet of Jesus. She did not do her duty quickly, so as to quickly finish an unpleasant task, she persisted in kissing the feet of our Lord Jesus, according to verse 38. And then she anointed his feet. Beloved, we will celebrate the Lord's Supper next week. And we will have fellowship with Jesus as our host. And we've read the form of the celebration of the Lord's Supper. So the question that we need to answer this morning, are we still broken about our sin? Do we know that we don't deserve to come into His presence? Do we still confess that our sins make us unfit to come into His presence? And do we know that it's by grace alone that Christ offered Himself as a payment for all our sins. And that all who trust in Jesus Christ only are accepted by God in grace alone. And when we realize this, this week of preparation, we need to think about our sins, prepare ourselves prayerfully. And when we do this, and see ourselves in the mirror of God's Word, we will understand the brokenness and tears of this woman when she met her Redeemer. But we also know about joy. Jesus tells us that in Luke 15 verse 10 that there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. But unfortunately, 
That day in Simon's house, the Pharisee, there, were no, there was no joy. And we see this in Simon's reaction towards his guest Jesus and the sinful woman. Let us go to Simon now. Simon was a Pharisee. And for the Pharisee, there were only two types of people. Righteous people who are obedient to the law and sinners like this woman who approached Jesus. The Pharisee's name come, comes from the word farash, which means separate. And they separated themselves from the other Jews and thought of themselves as better and holier. They were so certain that they were righteous because of their good deeds. And one day, they boasted about this, they would dine with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But for sinners, there would be no place on the table. Their biggest complaint against Jesus was exactly this, that he had fellowship with sinners, even dined with sinners and tax collectors. Luke 15 verse 2, they complained, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Simon was no exception. He said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him. For she is a sinner. Simon assured in his own mind, Jesus is no prophet. Because if he was, he would not have had fellowship with this woman. And he came to the following conclusions. Since Jesus has accepted this woman, he does not know her character. And since so Jesus does not know this woman as a sinner, he cannot be a prophet. And so Jesus is not a prophet. I can reject him. His message and his ministry. But Simon understood so little about his own sin and guilt before the Lord. He also understands little of forgiveness and grace. And Simon also understood, like his fellow Pharisees, that holiness was primarily a matter of separation. Remember, Pharisee means separate. But our Lord Jesus Christ knew exactly what Simon was thinking and why he was thinking like that and why it was wrong as well. And so Jesus' words to Simon in verses 40 to 47 exposed the error of Pharisaic thinking, explained why he would draw near to sinners, even to the point of touching them and being touched by them. And it's clear. If Jesus did not draw near to us, if God did not draw near to us, we would not have been saved. And so the Apostle James explains this in James 4 verse 8. And that's our responsibility. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, your sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Hebrews 10 verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. 
And it's only because of Jesus and because of the Holy Spirit that we can draw near to God. When a sinner comes to Jesus and receives salvation, guilt is removed. And Jesus came to sinners first, died on the cross so that our guilt could be removed. And when our guilt is removed, there's no condemnation anymore. For those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8. Simon did not understand anything. According to him, he was righteous in contrast to the sinful women. And according to him, he and Jesus, if Jesus was a prophet, should keep separate from sinners. And this is why Jesus asked him a question. Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. And so Jesus told Simon a parable. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one I suppose for whom... He canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Very important, this parable. Because in 2 Samuel 12, the prophet Nathan told King David a parable as well. There were two men in a certain city, the one rich and other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, But a poor man had nothing but one little lamb, which he had bought. And he brought it up, and it grew up with him and with his children. It used to eat his morsel and drink from his cup and lie in his arms, and it was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to the rich man, and he was unwilling to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the guest who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared for the man who had come to him. And then when King David in 2 Samuel 12 heard what a rich man did, he was angry and said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing, because he had no pity. Jesus wanted to show Simon his own injustice. Sound guilt. And also us this morning. When we hear about the injustice in the world, our people are murdered, our children suffer, we get angry. We are getting angry and sad about the suffering of children, ask why. But our anger is always at someone in the safety of our own homes. Never ourselves. The word of God convicts. And so the question to David was, what if it's your fault? And you are to blame. What would you do if the Lord said, you are the guilty one. You are the guilty one that committed the crime. You are the guilty one of being disobedient to me. And the Lord is showing us that we are imperfect. 
that even our best works are stained with sins. Isaiah 64 verse 6. We knew that when King David heard this parable, that he repented before the Lord. We knew, Psalm 51, that King David was broken before the Lord of his sin. And if Simon knew the parable of David like he claimed that he knew the whole world, even hold up to David as a prophet, he would have recognized himself as the guilty one as well. And then Jesus did something Simon did not expect. The sinful woman is now held as an example to Simon. The Lord said to Simon, do you see this woman, Simon? I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears, wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. Jesus wanted to show Simon who he is. The woman loved Jesus because he forgave her many sins. She was broken because of her sin, saw Jesus, and therefore she's forgiven. But Simon does not understand anything about love, sin, and repentance, and therefore he was rude towards Jesus as his guest. He condemned the woman in his self-righteousness, but he was guilty before the Lord as well. And then Jesus continued. He addressed the woman. Your sins are forgiven. They surprised the guests at the table so that they asked, Who is this who even forgive sins? Jesus did not answer them, but addressed the woman. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. With these words, Jesus answered who he is. He is God. He is the one who gives peace. He is the one who saves. He is the answer to the weary and burdened. He can give what no one can give. Redemption from sin. Everlasting peace. It has great importance for us who will dine with Jesus at the Lord's table next week. Question and answer 80, one of the Heidelberg Catechism is asked, who are to come to the Lord's table? And the answer, those who are displeased with themselves because of their sins, but who nevertheless trust that their sins are pardoned, that their continuing weakness is covered by the suffering and death of Christ will also desire more and more to strengthen their faith and to lead a better life. But hypocrites, and those who are unrepentant, however, eat and drink judgment on themselves. Hypocrites like Simon. Hypocrites who don't love. For the woman there was forgiveness. 
She was displeased with herself, broken about her sin, and she came to the one who could give her peace. For her there was no judgment, only everlasting peace. And for the Pharisees who were hypocrites, who did not see their sin, for them Jesus showed that their sin was that they looked down on others, treat others without respect, for they could be saved through good works. According to them, their biggest sin, that they don't need a redeemer. That's the biggest sin of this world. In his self-righteousness, Simon was unable to see any need of forgiveness from Jesus. He was unable to perceive his need for Jesus as the means of salvation. Because he could not perceive his need, he was unable or unwilling to respond to the call of Jesus, the one who forgives sins. How sad to have Jesus there on your table, but to miss your salvation. Simon did not understand, as Paul told us in Romans 3 verse 27, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I want to conclude a sermon here. It has so much to say about ourselves. Let us never look down on others because we think we are better than them. The Apostle Paul made it clear in Ephesians 2 verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing, it's the gift of God. We were not saved because we were better than others. We were saved out of pure grace. How can it be that a holy God can be as compassionate to sinful people, you and me? Only one answer, Ephesians 2 verse 4 and 5, love. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you have been saved. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And this is what life means. A restored relationship with Christ through Jesus. And this is God's power for his spirit. Where I can know this morning that I'm not standing as a convict before the Lord anymore, dead in my sin, but as a child. Forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. And it's only because of grace. By grace you have been saved. By grace the sinful woman was forgiven. And so are you. Then our task, brothers and sisters, let us then continue to proclaim God's grace, His gospel to all people, out of gratitude for what He has done to me. Let us proclaim to those who are rejected by society as well. Also to prisoners as an example. 
An old prisoner and now an elder in the Reformed Church of America writes, the world says you can't live here. You can't work here. You are not welcome here. You cannot vote here. If we are honest, discrimination against sinners is acceptable in this world. It cannot be acceptable in the church. If we believe that the blood of Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness, then this includes felonious unrighteousness as well. Jesus calls us to love your neighbor as yourself, even if that neighbor happens to have been incarcerated as I was. Therefore, we need to proclaim that Jesus is still calling, and that's because of the Lord's grace. This day, 2023, come to me, all those who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, by grace we've been saved. It's grace alone that we can hear these words. Your sins are forgiven. We could hear this because... We have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. We can be assured as well that there is grace at the feet of Jesus. And His hands and feet were pierced for our transgressions by grace alone. It's you, Lord, who reached out to us for your Son so that there could be salvation. We can't be saved through good works, only through our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that we will treasure this gospel message and call out to people to repent and believe in our Lord Jesus Christ but that we will be busy with daily repentance and sanctification as well, especially as we prepare ourselves to celebrate the Lord's Supper next week, that we will hear the voice of our Lord Jesus Christ calls that we should do this to His glory alone, and that it is He who invites us to also receive the assurance that our sins have been washed by His blood. It's by grace alone. Father, we pray for Your people. Bless them. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.